It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby, solo today, recording just minutes after the conclusion of Auburn defeating Missouri. At the time, 12th ranked Missouri. You gotta, gotta think they'll fall after that as Auburn wins 88 to 82. We talk so much on this show about culture and, you know, different cultures within different programs, even within the same athletics department when you talk about Auburn. Auburn football's culture, Auburn basketball's culture, baseball with Butch Thompson. But we, we talk about what Bruce Pearl has done a lot, and rightfully so. But you look at it, and over the past seven years, as he has been Auburn's basketball coach, I mean, just one of the biggest turnarounds in, in, in college athletics, pick whatever program that you want. I mean, it's been remarkable. It's been crazy. And you look at it, and I think the graphic that they played or showed on ESPN2 as soon as the, the broadcast was wrapping up and Auburn had defeated Missouri, the graphic they showed was Auburn basketball won eight of the last 11 Versus top 25 teams. I mean, think about that. This program plays its best basketball when it's playing against the top teams in the country. And you, you even saw that capitalized, uh, you know, with an exclamation mark next to it in that Final Four run when they took on pretty much every blue blood in the country. And you just talk about the culture of this program and it's, it's, it's just been tremendous. And it's really, really hard to put into words. And the fruits of all of that have been, you get guys like Sharif Cooper to play for you. And guys like JT Thor to leave high school and enter college basketball ranks a year early. And you get dibs on guys like that. And you get guys like Jabari, who's going to become next year. And you're in the running for, you know, Greg Brown was playing for Texas right before, you know, the, the broadcast. Started. And it's just like you, you're in contention for guys like this. And you look at it, and that's what happens when you're in a situation where you can win eight of your last 11 versus top 25 teams. And that includes what happened on, uh, on Tuesday night. And going into it, I was a little skeptical about if, um, like, was Missouri a top 12 team in college basketball? And we'll touch on that in just a moment. But the brand of basketball that Auburn's played under Bruce Pearl, you've seen it slowly evolve. And now with Sharif Cooper really running the show, and that's what it is. It is, it is a show now because it's so fun to watch. And he, it's like he's a magician. It's crazy with all these passes and the lobs that he has, he, I mean, it was lob city. I mean, he is so fun, so fun to watch. And we're, we're even learning different rules now, like the lob to Devin Cambridge that was so explosive, so dynamic, and Cambridge got so high up, he was able to slap the, 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 the backboard after the, after the dunk, and it's like, oh, yeah, you can't do that. I'm like, oh, 
I've never seen that called before. I didn't know that. I don't know how to think, but you're you're seeing just such an explosion of this athleticism across this roster that had been there all along. But as Cooper gets more and more comfortable, you're seeing these guys look better and better. I mean, in Devin Cambridge and JT's Thor, they seem to be the two guys to benefit from this the most. I mean, it's just been amazing. Also, shout out to uh, Drew Croson on Twitter. He called Sharif Lobstradamus, and I think that's hilarious. I think that's funny. But when you look at Cooper's game tonight, and he played limited minutes, quote-unquote limited minutes. He was in foul trouble, and we'll talk about what happens when he left the game, but 28 points, 5 of 12 shooting. And so you're like, how in the world did he get to that point? Well, he shot 21 free throws. <laughs> and he made 18 of them. And free throws were a big part of this game, especially down the stretch when Missouri started fouling. And how many times have we seen Auburn have a 5 or a 6 point lead and then it gets way too uncomfortable at the end and sometimes it slips away because they can't make free throws down the stretch. Not the case tonight, fortunately. Not the case Tuesday night. Auburn went 36 of 44 from the charity stripe. I mean, that's almost half of Auburn's points. That's crazy. That's really, really crazy when you think about it. Um, ton of questionable calls. I mean, the type of officiating that happened in this Auburn-Missouri basketball game, it's um, it's not a type of basketball that I personally enjoy watching where just it's a foul every possession. I mean, basketball is so much about flow and so much about movement. And there was hardly any of that. I mean, a, bas- a college basketball game should not take two and a half hours to play. It just shouldn't. Um, the offensive foul on Cooper towards the end of the, sec- uh, the first half was ridiculous. There was no push there. And I really just bring this up because I want to say it's amazing how often Sharif Cooper can get hit in the face and there's no call. It's the most amazing thing in the world. But like I said, everything Sharif Cooper does... <laughs> Is absolutely amazing. The end of the first half, Mizzou, uh, they went on a 19-9 run. And Cooper was off the court for the majority of that. He had three fouls early. Um, and then they started the second half on a 10-2 run. And I love that Cooper was just like standing right next to Pearl. Pearl's like, I'm not putting you in. He's like, well, I want you to know I'm ready. And he wants to be on the court for way more than the uh, the the 28 minutes that he was there tonight um the amount of I'm looking at my notes here the amount of fouls is ridiculous free throws down the stretch was huge yeah then it's like is is Missouri really a top 15 team and I don't want to discredit Auburn's win here it's a huge win it's by far the biggest win of the season so far and it's one of those things where it's like if postseason was in the play you kind of look at it's like oh this is a seeding booster this is a situation where it's like okay um, you know, a, a huge, huge win. I mean, this is the top line of Auburn's resume currently. And then you look at what's coming up, and you kind of eye, okay, obviously Baylor's going to be a huge game on Saturday, and you got Alabama later in the season. And it's like, if you're able to win those two games and take care of business against everybody else, it's like, wow, the sky's the limit for this basketball team. But this year's a little different with no postseason, and um, that's something we're just going to have to deal with. Unfortunately, but that's just um, that's just where we are um, currently in the world of uh, Auburn basketball. But all in all, I was really impressed with everything. I thought it was a really, really good group effort. Everybody really stepped up. And uh, on Twitter, and we were talking in the Lockdown Auburn Discord, um, the the Chris Moore game. He scored eleven points, but he was four of four from the floor, 
three of three from behind the arc. He had a rebound. He only played 14 minutes, but he didn't miss a shot. I kind of wish we would have seen more of him shooting the ball. Just heat check. Like, could Chris Moore have missed tonight? Could he have gone 10 of 10? Obviously, that's a little ridiculous, but I'm all for if a guy is four for four, and even if it's a reserve guy like Chris Moore that doesn't play a whole lot of minutes, heat check it. Let him shoot till he misses. I am 100% okay with that. But yeah, I mean, the the Chris Moore game, I think is what this is going to be dubbed, and I'm 100% okay with that. Jamal Johnson's been a guy in SEC play that's looked really good. He did not on Tuesday night, and that's okay. Zero points. He was 0 for 7 from the floor. And we've talked about this before. He's going to have hot nights and cold nights, and it was um, this was colder than I would have expected. But that's okay because other guys stepped up. Other guys stepped up, and that's obviously a, a big part of what this team is going to have. Sharif Cooper, we talked about that. And, you know, we talked about those those runs that Missouri went on at the end of the first half and the start of the second half when he wasn't on the floor. Sharif Cooper's plus-minus in a game where Auburn won by six points. He was plus 20. Plus 20 in a six-point game. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And just just enjoy every second of it. I don't know how much we're going to have them. Just enjoy every second of it. JT Thor, 12 points, 4 of 9 from the floor, 3 of 5 from 3. He had a positive plus minus across 28 minutes. He, uh, he had a plus 1 there. So, I mean, JT Thor is a guy that, once again, it's like enjoy him while we'll have him. We'll have him a little bit longer than Cooper. Odds are, but... Man, he's just getting better and better every single game, too. And he's really benefited from all of that, for sure. For sure. Hey, the bet online, um, the bet online, uh, yeah, betonline.ag, their line going into the game was uh, Auburn two and a half, I believe. And that's um, that was pretty close. That was pretty close, and in fact, if Auburn would have been a bit more characteristic and maybe missed a few three throws, they would have uh, they would have hit that dead on. But yeah, a lot of folks took Auburn in the over uh, based on Auburn Twitter and uh, just kind of conversations the locked on Auburn Discord, and uh, they did that at BetOnline.ag. It is the one place that has you covered, and it's the one place that we trust throughout the Locked On Podcast Network. They've got everything. They've even got uh, online casinos if you're into that, slots, all that good stuff. Super Bowl prop bets, the NBA, college basketball betting. They've got everything. Head over to betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account today, betonline.ag, and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And moving right along and just a heads up, I should have brought this up at the start of the show before we jumped into Auburn's victory over Missouri, 88-82. to At the end of uh, me talking about this game, I'm going to air something from the top of the network. Um, you saw it at the bottom ticker during, uh, during the ESPN2 broadcast of Auburn's basketball game. 
Uh, obviously, the anniversary of the passing of Kobe Bryant. Um, rejecting the screen is one of Locked On's um, national NBA shows. And they have a two-part series. One popped up yesterday. I think the other one's coming out Thursday. They mentioned all that in the, the final segment of today's podcast. We're going to air um, kind of um, a demo of that, a preview of that. It's like seven minutes, I think. So that's what will be at the tail end of this show. Uh, but as far as uh, diving into more of what happened with Auburn basketball, Alan Flanagan continues to get it done, and he gets it done in different ways each outing. And I think that's kind of impressive, especially when we've talked about how big of a step he's made from last season to this season. He only had 11 points, but there were a crucial 11 points. He was minus seven of the day, but um, he only played 25 minutes. I mean, a very easy, very spread out workload across his basketball team. And... Um, I think it's a good thing. But he was 5 of 6 from the charity stripe. And then he was just 3 of 8 from the floor. 0 for 3 from uh, from behind the arc. Jalen Williams, he was a key, key contributor uh, from Saturday. That's Auburn scored 109 against South Carolina. He scored 18 on that day, on that game. He only scored 3 um, Tuesday night. He was 0 for 4 from the floor. Um, Javon Franklin, he uh, he continues to get better and better. I mean, only four points, but an efficient two of three. You take that. We talked about more. Stretch acting Bola, three points across eight minutes. Devin Cambridge played 28 minutes. He tied for the lead for most minutes. And you're seeing him do more and more things. He's become a better defender this season. He's become a more consistent shooter. And he's been able to create his own space to some extent, but also, he's gotten so much better at attacking the basket, and a lot of that has to do with what Cooper has been able to do as far as setting him up with the lobs and and all of that. But Devin Cambridge is a guy that I've been really, really impressed with as far as how his game has developed. And then um, our favorite, Dylan Cardwell, he, uh, he played 19 minutes, scored eight points, one of two from the floor, six of seven from the charity stripe for the big man. You got to love that. And his defense is getting better as well. He's moving better. Um, I, I've, I've been really, really impressed with him. I think I think he's going to be the best center of the Bruce Pearl era when he is done playing at Auburn. That is my prediction there. I think he'll be better than Wiley. I think he'll be better than than a lot of the guys that uh, that played center under him. So, or under Bruce anyway. I, uh, I, I want to transition to talking about a potentially sad situation as Justin Powell is sitting out longer and longer as it's taken him time to recover and bounce back from this this head injury. And as Sharif Cooper looks better and better and is garnering more and more hype and more and more national attention, I think it's I think the scenario is becoming more and more real that we do not get to see Sharif Cooper and Justin Powell play together at Auburn. And that is really, really a shame because you talk about guys like Devin Cambridge and JT Thor and really the whole team benefiting offensively with Sharif Cooper bringing the ball down the court. I mean, holy cow. You got to you gotta think that Powell would be. But at this point, when you think about long-term for the program and more importantly, long-term for Powell's health, you just kind of got to wonder what, I think there's, there's 10 games left in the season. It's like, is it worth it? 
Is it worth it? And I've, I've seen a few people make the argument, well, maybe it'll be more likely for Cooper to stay if he gets on and Powell and him just, you know, have great on-the-court on the chemistry. And maybe that's an argument. Sharif seems to really enjoy playing at Auburn, and you can see the love that his teammates have for him, but I just think we need to ready ourselves. That's all I'm saying. Ready ourselves for that very, very real possibility that we never get to see these guys play against or play with each other. I hope that's not the case. I hope that's not the case. But at this point, if uh, if a line was created for that at betonline.ag, I would say that these guys don't play together. Um, and speaking of <laughs> speaking of Sharif Cooper possibly leaving after the season, I think he's going to. I put out a tweet during the game during the first half of the game. I tweeted out, what would you sacrifice for Sharif Cooper to come back to Auburn next season? And uh, we got like over 50 responses, and some of them are hilarious. Kara says a bevy of off-the-field analysts. Colonel Steve says no more (laughs) Moens and Dykes on Auburn men's basketball calls anymore. Um, A lot of people said things along the lines of like things that can't be said on Twitter or things that can't be said on this platform. Um, Rich Perkins, who's a friend of the pod, who, who is, uh, in seminary, uh, he's, he's, uh, a priest in training, if you will. He said, I'd give up dot, dot, dot. Oh, wait, which is funny. And I'll just leave that at that to keep it PG. Um, a lot of people saying all of my social media platforms or, or Twitter, a lot of men saying, you know, a specific, um, thing. Uh, a lot of people said Beth Moens. Now that I'm looking through it, a lot of people said their legs, which is funny. And then a lot of people said the 2021 football season. It's like, would you give up next year's football season for Sharif Cooper to stay an extra year? I think that's uh, I think that's kind of crazy. You know, you talk about culture like we did at the top of the show. People would never give up anything football for basketball before Bruce Pearl. It's uh, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. And then a few people said they'd give up their kid. So <laughs> then a lot of people uh, sent the the Thanos. Uh, Jeff, where he says everything, which is funny as well. So I love Auburn Twitter. Y'all crack me up. But yeah, what would you give up? What would you give up to, uh, if you could sacrifice something to get more eligibility for Shreve Cooper? <laughs> 205-502-4285. You can, you can call or, uh, or leave us, uh, yeah, you can call, leave us a voicemail or you can shoot us a text. Would love to hear what you guys have to say <laughs> about that. Today's show brought to you by the best tasting protein bar ever. Yeah, we're talking about Built Bar. A ton of amazing tasting flavors ranging from things like caramel brownie to peanut butter brownie to mint brownie to carrot cake or apple almond crisp. All the bars covered 100% in chocolate. It's a delicious tasting bar. The flavoring is inside of it. They're all soft and easy to chew. So many protein bars you have to like either heat up or have like a, a glass of water ready to go just so you can get it down. These are not the case. It's a, it's a protein bar. It, it genuinely tastes uh, like a candy bar. So many of you guys reach out to me on, on Twitter and DMs and Discord and all that and say, hey, thank you so much for turning me on to Built Bars. And I'm like, no, thank you for ordering Built Bars because they are a great sponsor of the network. And uh, if you guys have been thinking about supporting Built Bars, 
uh, please do. Please do. They're a great company. It's a great product. Everybody wins in this situation. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off. That's at BuiltBar.com. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait, find locked on college basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. All right, guys, as we wrap up um, today's show, I want to play this from uh, locked on and uh, rejecting the screen. Um, kind of their promo in their podcast as far as uh, what they're doing to remember Kobe Bryant. This is Adam Stanko from the Rejecting the Screen podcast. It's unfathomable to think that a year has passed since that you'll never forget where you were moment when we all found out Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gigi, and seven others died tragically in a helicopter crash. Everyone associated with the NBA has a Kobe story because he meant so much to so many of us. Our way to honor Kobe was to compile some of our favorite stories from interviews my co-host Noah Kozlov and I conducted with teammates, opponents, coaches, and writers who had something to say about the man who famously wore number 8 and number 24. We put together all of those stories, many of which you've never heard before, on a two-part podcast on Rejecting the Screen, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're about to play an excerpt from Part 1, which drops on Tuesday, January 26th, with part two coming on January 28th. Subscribe to the pod today so you can listen to both episodes as soon as they're released. We pick up the story as Kobe was ranked as the top prep player in the nation, and his status as a local legend was exploding. There were even rumors of the Lower Marion High School prodigy practicing with the Sixers and dominating the Sixers star wing Jerry Stackhouse in games of one-on-one. Rex Walters was on the Sixers in 96, and told us how he remembered it. Kobe did come to practices, or he would come afterwards and come work out at St. Joe's. Because me, not knowing who Kobe was, like once again, I, I didn't follow high school basketball. I was an NBA player. I wasn't into that. I'm sitting there. I'm I'm I'm, I'm leaving to go uh, home. I'm, I'm kind of straightening it up in the locker room, and, and Kobe, sure enough, walks in. And I'm like just making conversation with this kid. I'm like, hey, you know uh, what you doing here? Like, yeah, I'm gonna go work out. And I'm like, oh, you pretty good player, like. This guy had to be looking at me like, what, what are you, some kind of idiot or something? Because, you know, and then I'm like, well, you know, what schools you're looking at? He's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm talking to Kansas, I'm talking to Carolina. He's like, but there's one other thing I'm thinking about. I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, well, hey, you know, Dean Smith was a great coach for Michael Jordan. You know, you should think about Carolina. Obviously, Coach Williams is my coach, great coach. You should think about those schools, trying to, trying to help out my guy. Uh, you know, next, next thing you know, next preseason game, this guy's freaking like, yelling over to his point guard, Nick Van Exel, like, hey, you know, I'm guarding. I'm like, I got a mouse over here. I got a mouse. I'm like, man, that's, that's a little disrespectful. I tried to help you, my man, and, and, and you're calling mouse in the house on me. So obviously he had to be thinking to himself, what is this guy talking about? So back to Kobe as the nation's top high school player and those rumors we are hearing of Kobe regularly beating Stackhouse one-on-one. We talked to Jeff Perlman, who wrote the incredible book, Three Ring Circus, Kobe, Shaq, Phil, and the crazy years of the Laker dynasty. He said that story was all fabricated. It's crap. Like, it's actually crap. It's just total BS. And um, 
it's funny because uh, I basically I reached out to because you hear all these stories, right? You hear all these stories about Kobe and he's he's with the Sixers and he's lighting them up and blah blah blah. And he was definitely a great player and definitely showed his skills. And the guys were like, "Yeah, this guy's going to be something." But um, I reached out to Stackhouse via Twitter. I I profiled Stackhouse for the Wall Street Journal years ago. And I just reached out to him. Hmm. I don't have a tweet in front of me, but he wrote like, <laughs> I'm sure like. You, you, this is the first thing I think of when people say we're, we're so-and-so regret having spoken about Kobe. Like he basically said, I've never heard Kobe say they were true, but I've also never heard him say they were false. So F him. Um, <laughs> and like the thing that I, I think is really cool about Kobe and the, uh, and the Sixers workouts, he did not dominate Jerry Stackhouse at pure BS, but he took it to those guys. Um, Imagine being, I remember I ran college, I ran uh, cross country at University of Delaware. And I remember my first year freshman, freshman year, I went out to run with the rest of the team. And they were all seniors and these guys were like all state and all county and all these great runners. And I was terrified. Like I was absolutely terrified. I just wanted to hang with them. I was terrified. I was scared. I was just praying I'd be able to do it. This guy's running with the Philadelphia 76ers as a (laughs) high school kid and like holding his own. And doing it, like, that's insane. And then the other thing, when he was in high school, that I really like is he would work out. I got to remember the specifics. He would, I'm going to actually reread the book before it comes out. So, I, you know, um, which is sad that you have to do, but you do have to do is he, um, he would work out and he drove from one workout to another workout place in the summer and made sure the heat in his car would be at full blast as he was driving just to build up his endurance. So, like... I think he worked out at a track. It was like a 90-degree day outside in Philly, very humid, hot. Gets in the car, blasts the heat all the way, drives to the other workout. Like, he did little things like that that were just absolutely insane all the time. It's 1996, and you're Kobe Bryant. You have an unparalleled level of self-confidence. You've proven to yourself that you can run with the Sixers. And just a year prior... You watched as another high schooler, Kevin Garnett, got selected fifth overall in the 95 draft. So what does Kobe do? He becomes the first guard ever to skip college and enter the draft. And by the way, he was just 17 at the time. 17 years old. Kobe, of course, gets selected 13th overall by the Charlotte Hornets, who immediately trade him to the Lakers for Vladi. Coming into that draft, everyone expected him to end up in L.A., and we talked to a couple of people on the pod who were with teams in that year's lottery. First up, former Vancouver Grizzlies coach and GM, Stu Jackson. The Grizzlies had the number three pick and ended up taking Sharif Abdul-Rahim. But we straight up asked Stu, why didn't the Grizz take Kobe Bryant? You know, he, he was a high school player. We were a very young franchise. And, you know, uh, I, I think to draft a high school player at that point in our development as a franchise would have really uh, been going out on a limb, not having this player proven himself against, you know, a higher level of competition. Although I will tell you, you know, Kobe was extremely talented, but the other aspect of Kobe was he was not going to any franchise other than the Los Angeles Lakers. Now he got drafted by a different franchise, but that quickly turned around and he mm-hmm. ended up in Los Angeles and everyone in the draft knew that at that point. So we didn't think that was an option for Kobe Bryant coming to 
a new country or to to Vancouver uh, to play basketball. So he was sort of off the board. Leaving the country to play might not have been in Kobe's plans, but would he have played for the Dallas Mavericks, who had the ninth overall pick? Remember at the time, the Mavs had Jason Kidd running the point, and later in their careers, Kobe tried desperately to get the Lakers to trade for Kidd. Well, former Nets head coach Butch Beard was an assistant with the Mavericks in 96, and he told us that he thinks they had a shot at getting the high school sensation to come to Dallas. Here's the best story of all, and a true story as well. I was an assistant coach with Jim Clemens and also uh, uh, at the Dallas <laughs> Mavs. We're in the draft, and I asked, I asked the people who, you know, run the draft, I mean, all our uh, scouts, I said, who's the best guy in the draft? They said, Kobe Bryant. He's a high school kid, but he's not, you know, he's not, uh, you know, we, we, we don't know. We think he's going to be the best. And they didn't know whether at that particular time they were going to break up three J's, okay? So I made a comment to them. I said, why don't we bring him in and try him out? I know that the word was out there that he only wanted to go to L.A. I said, but I think he would want to play with Jason and Jimmy if you all think that he's going to be the best player in the draft. We were afraid to do that. We ended up drafting Samaki Walker. I'll never forget. I was running around all over, you know, working out Eric Dampier and some other players. And, you know, but I said, man, that's what we should have done. I sat there even those five minutes before we drafted. I said, we should draft this kid. Why were they afraid to even not even to bring him in? Because the word had gotten out there that he wasn't going to, you know, he wasn't going to work out for other teams mm-hmm. and things like that. I said, I think he would come. I think he would come and at least give us a, you know, a look-see. I really do. You can hear the rest of our Kobe Story special on Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to the podcast today and hear part one on Tuesday, January 26th and part two on January 28th. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, something a little different, but um, the higher-ups, the network wanted me to play that, and I think it's worth playing. They worked hard and did a good job on that. So um, wanted to pass that along to you guys. If you're interested in that, Locked On, I mean, their specialty is kind of the NBA. Um, David Locke, the founder of the, the network, he is the voice of the Utah Jazz, and so he's got a lot of connections throughout the NBA, and we got a lot of really, really good NBA shows if y'all are into that sort of thing. A lot of you aren't, and that's okay. And that's okay. Hey, Noah Gardner of On The Line should join us on tomorrow's show, and I've got to figure out how to give away that bobblehead. Uh, we got a bobblehead sent to us by like the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame Museum. They released a new Obby bobblehead, and I've kind of forgot to give it away for National Bobblehead Day like two weeks ago. So, we got to figure that out, too, so tune in for that as well. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.